Okay. Hello, everybody. Nope. Scared to put the mic on Goldie's side. Mic's not working. What's not working? The mic. The mic. It's okay. This is. Don't hear your phone from the computer. Okay. Before we start to say for Danilo, it's the best thing to know that Danilo and Ezra Nehemia go see Sporum post-exilic. In other words, they all were written after the Chorban Yerushalayim, and they're all what they're called, what the commentators call post-exilic. <laughs> the Sefer of Daniel, we don't know who wrote it, mostly Daniel wrote it, I suppose, or he and his friends. Daniel is considered uh, one of the Sifri HaKodesh, and the whole Sefer here, from the art scroll, from the, uh, not the art scroll, from the uh, Moser of Cook, is one Sefer. It's uh, taken up a lot by Mephoshim, but it usually has a translation from the Aramaic portions into the Hebrew on the very same page. And it's easy to follow when you get used to it. As you get used to it, you suddenly understand that you're beginning to understand the Targum Lashem. The Targum Lushan is the language that was used not only in Bovel, but also in Ashur and other countries that were ruled by the Babylonians. It was the lingua franca of the Babylonian people. That's how the language became part of the Hebrew. So at first we find within the lexicon, within the Hebrew language of the, of the Sifri HaKodesh, so many Aramaic words and expressions and happenings because of the proximity between Bovel and Eretz Yisrael and the fact that there was constant change of uh, travelers going from one to the other. So the best thing to do is do with Daniel is just to start with the Sefer, that's all. Uh, my Sefer of Daniel is one Sefer. Of all the Moshad of Cook that you have, Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, Daniel is one Sefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off, we have a little Samach on the side of the first line. If you open the book, I think most of you have the same text that I have. There's a little samach at the end of the first line. That samach is for the different sections that in the Mesoro, when they give it back, they say each one of these sections have a little samach at the end. So that we see that with the beginning of a posuk. The first posuk means this is a paragraph what we call the paragraphing in English in the read a book or something like that, and you'll have different changes in the uh, in the orthography that they have it down the, the pages so the samach at the beginning of a posit means that this is one of the uh, paragraphic descriptions of it. On the front page of the Neil, you have the first posuk, and under the first posuk, you have a description already of doing about Daniel Bachaverov Bishvi Melech Babel. Daniel and his fellows, there are three fellows that are always mentioned with Daniel, or mostly mentioned with Daniel. There's Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah for their names, <coughs> and we'll find out later that they had uh, their names uh, changed, like somebody that came to America, his name uh, his name was Chaim in Eshashok, and when he came to America, they called him Hiram, or maybe they called him Henry, 
who knows what they called it. They anglicized it and they made it more uh, less foreign, which is the same thing that they did with Daniel, Hananya, Mishael, and Isaiah. They were given names. You'll find them right away in the first period. Before we finish today, you'll have these names mentioned very easily. So we start with the Sefer itself. The Sefer starts with this opening uh, section, paragraphing of the Samach, which is at the beginning of the Pesach, although in this print they put it at the, the margin so it won't interrupt with the reading of it. Because in the reading of it, it says Aleph, Aleph, chapter 1, Pesach 1. But so they put the Samach at the other end of it. Mm-hmm. But that's just a matter of uh, uh, of telling the printer what to do. Okay, so we have to see the Neovachabeiro. We'll start right away with the text. And we'll, when we have to go beyond the text, we'll do that. Okay. In the Sefer that I have over here, they have a long explanation on the on the bottom of the first page it says Golus Yehoyakim Posak Alephim Base and it tells you that when Yehoyakim was the king of Yehuda now Yehoyakim was one of the last kings so while he was still king and there was a first partial exile there that this took place Vishnas Shalosh Lamalchus Yehoyakim Melech Yehuda. Yehoyakim was a direct descendant from the Malcha Yehuda over the family of Beistovah. While the Aseris Ashvatim, who had been exiled already quite a few uh, years earlier, uh, they had five different royal families and different dynasties but in the in the southern kingdom of Yehuda there was only one family it was the family of David Amelach and his descendants and as long as there was survivors from the royal family of David they were on the throne Yehoiakim was if not the last certainly near the end of it. So that's the introduction that you have. Vishnas Sholosh Ramalchus Yoyokam Yehuda. In his third year, now he had a total of 11 years that he was Melech. That means he had another eight years beyond his third year over here. So when Daniel and his friends were taken captives and taken away from Eretz Yisrael and taken into the captivity in Bovel, there was still another eight years of the existence of Am Yisrael and the southern half of Eretz Yisrael, which was called the Malchus Yehuda. So in the third year of King Yehoiakim Melech Yehuda, the Vuchadnetzah Melech Bovel came and we just have to go along with it to be self-explanatory. The first parak of the Neo is Hebrew, and the Hebrew in itself is quite simple, right? Vayotzar Oleho and the Vuchadnezar's army besieged Yerushalayim, right? And so part of the Vuchadnezar was surrendered and uh, Nebuchadnezzar allowed Jehoiakim to continue being the king, but you just remember who the boss is. That's uh, where you get your power from. But we'll see that afterwards. It's explained in the first puzzle. The second puzzle tells you that a religious sense of the Sefer Daniel is that it's all God's doing. It's not something which is done because of the political politics or whatever. 
alliances that they made and different things as you have in them. If you have the safer, you'll see a, a map of where the armies came and where they went and what they did. We really don't have to spend the time with that, but we'll see how we go along with it. <clears throat> so God gave into the hands of the Buchanetzer the power over Yoyokta Melech Yehuda. And not only that, but he was able to steal, to take away as booty, right, some of the Kalei HaKodesh of the base of Mikdosh, and he took them as booty to the land of Bovel, which is called Eretz Shinor, which is Vayimsu Bikor Eretz Shinor, Vayeshvisham, that's after the uh, uh, the post, the first uh, post deluge took flood as it was that they resettled, and also that's the time that they built a, a tower or bubble. They were going to go up into the Shemayim and be able to challenge uh, the history of the world by uh, being more powerful on earth which is a foolish thing to do or even to attempt to. So he took these things and he took these Caleb and he brought them into Bovel to show us his sign that he really was the boss and he had the power over Ami's world. And as a look at that, you could see he brought along the Caleb based on Mikdosh that he was able to take with. And the mere fact that he was able to take along the clay base of Mikdash shows that in the third year of the of Yoyokim, uh, he already ha was able to have enough power to do whatever he wants to against the Jewish people because he had all the military power. So if we turn the page right, maybe he brought it over you have the next extra pages. You have an extra map that shows you, as, uh, if you were able to take an aerial picture of mm -hmm. Yerushalayim and Zemperans, that's what you would have had. Uh, it's a picture of the map, which is immaterial for our teachings this day. We also have, on the next page, right, and uh, samples of the writings that they had. Basically, the writing that they had was made by having different size little sticks that they pressed into clay and they hardened it in the, in the fire and that way they preserved their writings. And we have much, much of their writings. We have had people, modern people, who became experts in the language and they were able to interpret the things that they have and where you have the little samples that you have over here of the writings that these were actually translated into modern Hebrew to make it comfortable for you to know what you're looking at. Wow. But we don't have to go into that because we could learn to safer than here without that. But to know that it exists will give you an idea of the background history and and publishing the Sefer Daniel, one full Sefer. This book in front of me has Sefer Daniel. It doesn't have Ezra Nehemiah with it in the same volume. It has Daniel. Well, we'll say other things we'll talk another time. Right? So afterwards, he brought all these things, all the clay base of Mikdash, whatever they took, and then to get the story ready, we said that Posik Gimel, Vayomer HaMelech the Ashpenaz, I don't care who Ashpenaz is, that's his name, we'll meet him again later. But he's Rav Sarisov. He was the major domo. He got orders from Nebuchadnezzar of what to do. It was assumed that when Nebuchadnezzar told him what to do, he would do it. 
if he didn't do it, so then usually uh, the penalty was usually beheading. <laughs> so if you want to keep your uh, wealth and life, you, you, you followed what the king said to Ashpenaz. But we'll meet up with Ashpenaz later. So just remember his name. Hello, Ashpenaz. I wouldn't give my child the name Ashpenaz. <laughs> I probably named after somebody idol worships. He was Rav Sarisov. He was a major domo who was in charge of a lot of things. And so when the king of Uchanetsa told him to bring from the Beneus royal any of them, some of the uh, royalty that I want you to bring them. Now remember, there's another eight years that these royalty that are being uh, now, would we say kidnapped? No, taken prisoners. They're being taken into Bobel. Why did the king do it? It would seem that Nebuchadnezzar was convinced that if you get a captive young enough, he can be bilingual. <laughs> and he was right. These captives that were brought turned out to be young enough to be bilingual. My mother came to America when she was 13 years old. She never had an accent. She could speak without an accent. She had certain uh, parts of her speech. You could tell that uh, it wasn't really born here. But she did not have an accent. And to the point where my wife, Olera Sholem, she came here when she was uh, 12, 13, whatever it was at the time. But she was able to speak uh, without an accent. And... Uh, because the accent becomes ingrained at a certain age and once it's there you're always going to have the accent when my father got to America he was, in, he was still in his teenage years and he always had an accent it, it goes with the, with the speech patterns that you learn at a certain point you can pick up and you can become quite natural with a second language. And most of the bilingual people that have many, many speeches, they learn the second language or other things uh, before they became teenagers so that they didn't have foreign accents. So therefore, Nebuchadnezzar uh, was aware of that. He knew that if you pick them up too old, they're never going to be ingrained within the uh, mores, with the morals, with the behavior of the Babylonians. He wanted to have these uh, captives of his from foreign countries, and he had many foreign countries. It wasn't just Yehuda that he brought in captives. He says, I want you to get me the young ones the ones that I can make into them, into good Babylonian patriots. I want them to become patriots, well-versed in the basic language that they were born into and grew up to. So these captives that were hand-picked from the captives of the of Eretz Yisrael were chosen because of the age and because of the fact that they had royal family connections and the fact that they were very, very bright. And that's the ones that they chose. But he gave certain orders, Bosik Talat. He wanted Yelodim Asherein Bohemum. First of all, he wants to have no questions about their physical health. Number one. And also he wants them to be Dove Mare. If you call them up to stand in the palace and to be on hand for call for the king, the Wuchadnezzar's servants to do whatever he was, they, it's good. That's what he wants. They should be good looking. And Maskilim Bechol Chokmah. That Kol Chokmah means 
I don't want somebody that just knows all the stories of antiquity that his uh, his ancestors uh, taught him uh, about about Adam and Eve or who knows what. But he wants them to be very well educated. Maskilim. Maskil means not only are you taught, but you're able to absorb it and to learn one peric with another one, to integrate all of your knowledge together. das, they should have good intelligence of worldly things. Madur, and to know all the book learning that is available for them to have. Asher koach bohem lamod vehechel hamelach. That they have enough strength to stand before the king. Chazal take this posik and they say, they don't have to raise their hand to say, may I leave the room. You control yourself until you have an opportunity for your natural uh, necessities to go out. That's what it says. They had the internal uh, strength, right? And not to say, I have to leave the room. And these youngsters at this age, the Lamdom Sefer, teach them how to read and write and speak Loshon custom. Now, Aramaic language is uh, also related to Hebrew. The root words in Aramaic are very often traceable to this common language of Hebrew. So therefore, uh, to move over to learn from one language to another and to understand quickly the language of Aramaic because of your strong background of the knowledge of Hebrew, it makes it worthwhile. Nebuchadnezzar knew that, and he said that to Ashpenaz, that's going to be one of the things that you have. I want them young enough so I can train them that they could pass, they should able to pass for native Babylonians. Ooh, imagine that. They teach them the literature and the language of Aramaic. Wow. So therefore, so he, the king appointed for them that they should have uh, good food and uh, good friends. And uh, by a process of elimination, they would take the smartest, the best, the ones who they think are most easily trained. And they're to be fed each day, yom yom, paspag hamelach. Now, we don't know what paspag is. Bak is whatever it is, base gimel. And paspag is royal food. Royal food from the king's table. In other words, the chef that cooked for Nebuchadnezzar and his harem, that same chef should cook the food for the captives that were being uh, acquainted with the language, literature, and history of the Babylonian people, and they had to be inculcated into the history and the attitude of the Babylonians towards everything from people to Abode Zorah, all of it should be the same. So it is every day they should be given royal food and the royal drink. You think that the wine that the king drank was just plain wine. They didn't have Pepsi Cola then. They didn't have any soda water. It was the major drink was be wine, and the wine was sometimes warm because it was preserved as cool. They used to take much of the wine 
that was for storage to be used later, they kept it at a temperature where it would not spoil. They had it in big caskets lower down into the well where the water had a temperature that was cool enough that it doesn't spoil. And that wine was usually warmed up before it was brought to the table for the royal banquet, which was several times a day. Mm. So they were going to have the food, the royal food was the paspat, and uh, also wine that he drank, the same thing, and they were going to start on a routine of three years, maybe. Shonim Shalosh. Now, the three years that they're going to be trained, we have to figure that they were taken at an age probably close to the Bar Mitzvah, a little after or something, young enough to be able to speak uh, Babylonian without an accent, and uh, it is done to the uh, psychologists of the day that could tell them uh, how the best to raise mm -hmm. them in this place, right? And so among the various groups that there were for many different lands, there were many different lands and many, many captives, the Vuchadnezzar spread a big net and from the whole Middle East he had different philosophies and different religions and uh, certain of the captives stood out and were obvious that they were very bright and obvious that they were among themselves they could speak this one language or the other. Oh, very interesting. These are supposed to be trained now to royalty. They're to be brought up from age by mitzvah approximately up to three years, which would be maybe 15, 16 years old, and after a three-year training period, they have now be integrated into the language, the philosophy, and the knowledge of the Babylonians. It was a, a way Nebuchadnezzar uh, was certain that they would be able to pass as Babylonians. Now, among those, we don't know how many there were. We don't know mm -hmm. from how many lands they came. It would be very, very difficult to explain that. But among those, we deliberately are going directly into those that came from Yehuda, because that's the story of Doniel, right? My, my judge is God, Doniel. And so, by Yehi Bohemi B'nei Yehuda, Donia, Hananya, Mishael, and Isaiah. Notice that all four of them have God in their name. Doniel, God is my judge. Hananya, God was being very good to me to give me such a gift. Mishael, that's the same thing as Shmuel. It means the same. It is something that is a gift that is given from God. And Isaiah, he, A, we pray to God that always be with him. Isaiah, God should help him all the time. Wow. And so, what the king did is to order that his servants should choose among the various captives, children that he could bring up to be Babylonians. That's what his order was, and he was sure that he would get them to the point where they'd be able to pass as native Babylonians. So we turn the page, and we get to what the result was when they came. So he gave them. Uh, uh, names to them. We don't want to have those names that we had before. Daniel, Hanan, Yemishol, Nazaria. 
had the games that he gave them as very, very well known. It became part of a popular song once used on the stage uh, and uh, in a different uh, uh, circumstances. And the names were to Daniel, he gave the name Baal the Shatzar. In other words, Baal is his leader. He, given the name of the idol of the Babylonians, of Baal. We have in the other puzzle called Baal. Baal was one of the chief gods and the Penelope of the Babylonians. And so they call Baal Shatzar, alright, uh, and Baal should protect him. And to Hanania he gave a name Shadrach. Also means the same as Hanania but except with the idol worship. And Mishoel he gave him a name Meshach, retaining a little bit of the Mishoel to, to the Meshach, also of the God, and to Avzarios Avednego. And from that, of course, there was one time a very popular song, oh, long before your time. I remember it because I'm a little older. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was a popular song. And it was something that a singer could say, all the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But what the, however they pronounced it in Bobel, that's how they pronounced it in Flatbush. Anyways, we go along with this thing over there, <coughs> and we see what I have. First of all, we say that they were given names. They're being now integrated into the lifestyle of the Babylonian royalty. Okay. Now, immediately, at the young age when they were separated from the other captives for special uh, treatment. Daniel decided and discussed with his friends, Lo Yisrael, he will not be uh, uh, defiled by Paschah No, no, no. I don't want any of his schmutzige fancy foods for me or Yain Mishtov or the special wine that is brought up from the cold cellars and warm before they placed it before the king. Oh, by Avakesh Misara Sarisim, so Daniel then spoke silently, respectfully, to a very, very important person that was in charge. How did he get to the one that was in charge? The ones that were serving happened to be all that were underlings. All those underlings, they said, no, I want to speak to your boss. No, I want to speak to your boss. The Chazal said that Daniel said, I want to speak first to the one who has the power to be able to give me my request. I, you, I don't want you to tell my request to the one in charge. I want to speak to him directly. That's what I want. That Daniel was already smart enough and past wisdom to know that you don't go through too many people when you want to have something special. If you want something special, you got to keep the tone down or you're not going to get anywhere. And that's exactly what happened. So he said, he wanted not going to eat from the Paspak Hamalach from the trefer food that he's going to get, or from the Yayan Mishta, or from the Yayan Nesach. So you buy your Bakesh, Misara Sarisim. I'll stop over here and they say, I want to speak to the Sara Sarisim. I don't want to speak to the, his messenger. No, I'm not eating today. No, you want me to eat? I want, let me speak to your boss first. He was stubborn about it. By a vodka, she requested respectfully from the Sarasarism. How did he get to the Sarasarism? That's not Ashpenaz. 
he managed to get it. He knew that if he was stubborn enough to get him and they get him, he's not going to eat this food. You want me to eat? You want to feed me? You have to get me first to speak to your boss. If I don't speak to your boss, I'm not going to eat anything. He doesn't want to be defiled. Oh. No. When finally the chief comes in, his name was Ashkenaz. We'll get to meet him again later. But Ashkenaz comes over and he says, What a chutzpah. There's this, this kid that is uh, 13 years old. How is he? He's here now for three years. He's, he's got to college for three years. He's got that education course. And the first thing he does is he wants to speak to the to the chairman of the of the, of the board of directors. You know. But the Sefer Daniel says, right, that by Daniel the first thing there was that he had a positive attitude towards him by the ones that he spoke to. We don't know who he spoke to, but he wound up with getting the one in charge. How did he manage that? But the Chesed and the Rachman were Kodesh Bochum at this little Bar Mitzvah boy. Imagine, he looked like a Bar Mitzvah boy. I don't know if he had knickers or long pants, but he was a kid. After three years, we see me, he still treated in a certain sense as being uh, eh, too small, too young. Okay. The Sefer Daniel says on this thing that is of God. It's a special thing that happened from the Chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he was chosen. And so he said, Ayomar, turn the page, Ayomar Sarasorisim Daniel. Right? He asked the question and he said to him, we don't want to eat this kind of food, please. Now this kid is remember he's before the Bar Mitzvah and he's going to be given uh, a complete uh, dormitory existence and he's going to be fed food for a couple of years until he gets his diploma and uh, whatever it is, mainly to, to, uh, a course, uh, knowledge of the uh, history and the traditions of the Babylonian people, right? So he said, first of all, he said to the, I want to talk to your boss. Eventually, when he spoke to the Sarah Samisim, whose name was Ashpenaz, when he got to him, he said, Daniel had a special request. The special request was, we don't want to eat this food that you're giving. And the, the, up to the Chazal talked to them, what were they doing? And they said that they were eating Zeronim. They ate mostly um, vegetables or other things to make sure that they didn't need any meat or any drink that was given to them at first. Ooh. So he made, from the first day, he made his mind that he's not going to eat their food. I shall know that it shouldn't be defiled. So, so by a strange thing, his request was honored. And the Tsar Masarism says to Daniel, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't give you apples and oranges, but I have to give you a piece of steak. This is what I have to give you. And if I don't give you this, my head is going to be uh, I'm going to get into big, big, big trouble. I can't do it, right? So he said to Daniel, Your Adoni Hamela. 
אשר מינו מאכלכם ואשמשתכם. The king himself has said that we should give you from the royal food table the same kitchen that cooks for the king and his uh, wives or friends, whatever you want to call them, and all of his uh, hosts or friends. That same cook is going to cook for you, right? So therefore... I have to uh, make sure that you get this food. Why? Because if you don't take this food that the king himself has ordered that you are to have, I shall loma yiras penechems often. The first thing you'll see, the beginning of your cheeks becoming hollowed, and to see that you're losing weight, and your faces will be zoophim. Now hear the word zoophim. We have the same thing used when uh, Yosef came to see the Sar HaMashkim and the Sar HaOfen. He says, Matua Penechem Roim Hayom. Yosef, with one look at them, took a look and said, Uh-oh, something's not going right. I could see from their faces and the hollowness of their cheeks that they're in big trouble. So he says, Matua Penechem Roim Hayom. In other words, that Yosef, in seeing the Sarah Mashkim and Sarah Ophim, had first seen them in a good light, but they were first thrown into jail from their high positions. They were still well fed, and they looked uh, robust and happy, and uh, all of a sudden, a few days later, Yosef says, something's up, you guys don't look normal. What's this anything? And he says, well, I had a dream. And the other one says, yeah, I also had a dream. The first one says, <coughs> yeah, but I saw Kafka. The other one says, no, I saw you in my dream. And you were being treated Kafka. <laughs> and so each was saying this. And they said, does this make sense? How come I dreamed about him and he dreamed about me? So Yosef told them, Zeb is for now. And he told them what's going to be. Mm. So and the same thing happened over here, right? And he says, Are you going to see Penechem Zoafim? More the other, all of the other young captives that are going to, to, the, uh, to the special uh, training course to learn the language and the behaviors of the Babylonians, so all of the others, they come from different countries all over the Middle East, and you're going to be different from them? You think so? It ain't going to work, because the first thing that's going to happen is that the king is want to know, ha, they didn't eat the steak? They asked for oranges? What are you, crazy? They have to have a whole fruit thing for them, right? And he's going to say, Lomo Yehoaz Penechem Zoafim in Ayelodim Asher Kigilchem. And here you have the word Gilchem is your age. You have the modern Hebrew words are coming from here. They're coming out from the Safe of Aniel. Gil is an is a age level of these captives. In this case, right? And he says, He's going to be my fault. How come that I didn't feed you? Right, whatever it is. And Daniel said to the Meltzar, Oh, you had a Meltzar over there? That's a modern Hebrew word. Comes straight out of Daniel. Meltzar, everybody knows the Meltzar is the waiter. And Meltzar. It brings the food. I'm just taking the use the word over here, and from now on, it's something everyone's. Oh, yeah. Look at the pussy and all of the trend in the explanation. Ashpenaz was his boss. 
He was chosen to help feed these uh, young bar mitzvah boys, right? Before this one, the very request that he wants to speak to the Metzar, to the one in charge of the whole thing, it would be an insult and to the Saras Arisim. In other words, the guy that was brought in that Daniel spoke to him, he says, I want to speak to your boss, was the biggest insult to the guy that came to him in the first place. We don't even know his name that it would be. We call him the Melzar. Okay, he's the Melzar. We call it that way. From that time on, the word Melzar sneaked its way into the Hebrew language. It became a very, very important word. Try it next time. You're in a restaurant in Israel. You want to speak to the Melzar? Everybody knows what the Melzar is, right? He's a chief cook, a bottle washer, and usually the one that serves the food is also called the Melzar. So he says, I, I have to talk to you. I want you to know. What does he say to him? He says, uh, please, we don't want to eat this kind of thing. And so the, he says, uh, I can't do that. I have to give you this food. Because as soon as you look a little weaker or a little different of all the others. Now, the other kids that are your age level, in other words, those that came from a multitude of countries that Nebuchadnezzar was boss over, many, many lands. He had taken uh, youngsters from so many different uh, societies that he was raising them that they should have a natural uh, speech in the language of the Babylonians. And here, uh, this one from Israel, from, from Yerushalayim, that was here, only a couple of them, oh, they're good-looking, they're pretty tall for the age, a mitzvah boys, but a chutzpah they have, they, they, they want to have uh, only fruits and vegetables. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. Anytime you disobey, you disobey the king's order, you get only one chance. Mm-hmm. Nobody repeats disobeying the Melech. Oh. So Daniel says, what's the big deal? Try us. See what happens. Give us a test run. We're not going to eat the stuff that you're giving to the others. You can take it. What? Take it home. Take it home to your wife and your children. It's good food. It's very good. You'll enjoy it. But we won't eat it. So if we won't eat it anyways, why shouldn't you have a use out of it? Take it home. Oh, yeah, Daniel had a good approach with it. He's paying off the jailer, and the jailer is accepting it. He's going to keep his mouth shut. He wants to have both his head and all of the goody-goodies for his family. Oh. So he says, Nas Ten days. And let them give us to eat. We want to eat. We don't want to go hungry. But give us vegetables. Benochla will eat the vegetables. And as for drink, no wine, please. My finish there. Oh, and then you'll see after ten days, you'll see what the results are. The Yerol and then you take a look at us. You inspect the four of us. Umare hayelodem ha'ochlem es pasbag hamelach, and take the others. 
I'm sure at the same time that you're in charge of feeding us, you're also feeding the other foreigners from France, from Italy, from Spain, from Germany, who knows from where they brought them, right? So you take and you measure them. And what you will see, you'll make a decision then. Make a decision after approximately 10 days. Why did he listen to them? Because in the meantime, he was making a big profit. He ate for his family and he sold the rest of it and he had an extra profit of it. He was paying off as if he's bribing the chief Melzar in order to listen to him. So, he says that Gasher Tire, whatever you see, then you'll be able to make a decision. By and he tested them, Yomim Asora, for ten days. Umitzas Yomim Asora, after only a few of the days, of the ten days, Niramareim told. He wasn't taking any chances. He was giving them a very good examination, and he looked at these 13-year-old kids that are telling him they don't want to eat, that they should bring oranges and apples, maybe some bananas, I don't know what else he had. Whatever he had, he would bring them that kind of food, and he was listening to them. So he, he kept looking at them the first day, the second day, the third day. He keeps looking at them, and he sees Mareham Tov. Nothing wrong. They're not losing weight. The same as all the other captive youngsters, but all the other captive youngsters from all the countries of the world, they were eating the Paspah Kamala. They were eating all the traitor stuff and uh, the delicious uh, ripping uh, uh, steaks that they were fed have everything. Mm. So therefore, the guy saw that this good idea over here, and by he Hamelsov no says Paspoko. So the Melsor, now we know already who he is. He was the guy that brought the food. He is the Melsor. He took and he kept the food for himself. Ooh. But he took it away so nobody could see that they had leftovers or anything. There was nothing left. Their plates were clean after the meal and they ate all the apples and oranges and they were just as healthy as those you love them that were eating the royal food. Oh, so that's exactly what happened. No, I got this but the Meltzer was not stupid. He had a good, a good deal over here. He kept all the good food that they had, and he gave them instead vegetables. Zeronim is vegetables. And that's what he did. And he didn't have to even wait a full ten days that Daniel said, please give us a trial period of 10 days. And even before the trial period was over, he had the same thing. What? And now, he's talking these things, right? We're describing now these things. We'll take a little while to describe it. All four of them Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Oh, no son Elohim, Elohim, Mato, knowledge, Haskel, understanding from one knowledge 
other things. And in other words, they extended whatever knowledge they had to be self-sustaining and increasing in knowledge. Behold, Sefer Bechokma, that all the additional reading they had, they learned how to read the Babylonian script, which we had a pictures of and a couple of pages ago. They used a special uh, script that was made with little sticks, with little handles. And these, we had professors that became experts in this language from the Bay of Stone Rock that the first uh, inspectors of this big rock that had writings on it in the same cuneiform, it was what is called cuneiform, which with these little sticks, they press it into a soft uh, clay and they, they would harden it. So that way they could have messages. And they sent messages, royal messages. Many of them have survived. So they could read nowadays, they could read and interpret the messages that went from one province to another province in the language that they wrote. That language had a special name. It is called cuneiform. It was made with different size sticks with little handles on them so that they would press it into the clay and they would have a way of communications. We think that if it, you can't do it in, uh, in the uh, Latin letters, that we have for the alphabet, you can't write anything. You try to read Chinese. You think somebody that was brought up to read that language, with how many different signs they have, they read it as swiftly and as carefully as you read an ABC book. And it's the same thing. If you're trained to read it, you'll be able to do it. And that is what uh, Daniel and his friends were able to do. They were able to take the wisdom that was expressed in the writings of the Babylonians and they could devour it and discuss it among themselves. And not only did they do that to these four, all four of them had modern knowledge, high-scale understanding, and all of the libraries that they were exposed to, and Daniel even more. But what was Daniel special? Because he understood even prophecy expressed in dreams. Wow. Ule mitzas hayomem asheru ha-melech And after a few days that the king said to bring them, Probably refers to the three-year training period. Mm-hmm. They went to college for three years in the Babylonian uh, college. Maybe, I don't know. It could be that it was much less. It could be after half a year, they wanted to see if it's progressing or not. And I read somewhere at one time when I was learning this the first time. I looked for it afterwards and I couldn't find it. I don't know exactly where I saw it. That during the first year uh, that the Melzar tested them if they were really learning what they were doing there. And he saw that not only were they learning, but he knew more than they were exposed to. So he saw that uh, it's a good deal. They're learning to do it. But anyways, the Tanakh says over here, Mitzah Sayyamah. It was only a few days. Didn't have to wait all three years to see if they get the college degree. And after a few days that the king said from the period of time that they're going to be trained, he didn't have to wait the whole three years before he brought them after only a partial time already. Ooh. 
and the king spoke to them directly. He wanted to make sure that they don't have any Jewish accent in their speaking. Oh. And these kids, in the first year, they didn't have to wait for the whole three years, and already they knew it very, very well. Lo nimso mikulam, and testing even other ones, right? Like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And therefore, they were brought before the king. In other words, within the first year, we don't know how much of it was, but they didn't have to wait for the three. And even in a very, very short time, they began to test them. Behold of our Chochmah Bina, Asher Bikesh Mihem HaMelech, and anything is speaking to them in his own language. And by Yim Tzoheim, Eser Yodos, Al Kol Achatumim, Vashofim, Asher Bechol And he found them in the short time, we don't know how much time it was, during the first year of their education that they were the equivalent and beyond all of the sorcerers and all of the magicians and all the prognosticators that would say in the future that would be. Ah, and this was the translation of the Neo going on to the reign of Korish. In other words, this is the same Donio. It was a very, very long time that he was in the palace until the first year of Korish Amalek. On the bottom it says Posse 21 Chovalo it says Loshan Kotzer Vayi Donio Omei until the first year and the rule of Koresh HaMelech. Now Koresh was in a different country. Oh, he was the king of Poros, right? And this date, Shonach the Koresh, right? In the end of Sipri Yomim and the Roshay forever, that same date is mentioned, the first year of Koresh is mentioned in Divri Hayomim and in Ezra. Now, Vishnei Eila, in these years, Botarach Zeh, in these two Sparam, they have the same date, right? Hachnas, Hatapnes, Hagdola, but told us his royal, the beginning of the return of Golas Bubble. Korish was the one who said, the Jewish God has given me the power and rule over all the land, and I am using my power to permit the Jews to go back and to start rebuilding their country. In other words, this is the posse that was going on, and the shame, Binyan Amikosh and Shiva Sion, it goes all the way back to Korosh, right? And that's what we have afterwards. Daniel was always in power for all that time. We really don't know how much there would be in the time of Daniel. But we have evidence that Daniel was an old man and he saw the Shiva seal. Although he was exiled before the destruction, he was back in Eretz Yisrael during the building of the Bayez Shehdi. Wow. That's a fantastic thing. But he saw Bayez Rishon and then saw Bayez Shehdi too? What? Did he see Bayez No, because then he was only 13. I don't know how no. much he lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Sefer over here, it means a lot between Daniel and Yosef. That Yosef was raised from a prison and became to the Mishnah Melech. And the similarities between Daniel uh, and Yosef, they're not very 
No, but, but Yosef didn't see, didn't see them go out of Mitzrayim. What? Yosef didn't see them go out of Mitzrayim. No, but yeah, Yosef was... He asked him for his bones to be taken out. By God, Yosef is not supposed Yosef evil. Moshe took them. Right. How did he find them? There's a message of that. He had to throw uh, lay Yosef uh, on a tablet into the Nile for by Yusuf Paul and the Mitzrayim. He had to take God's most Yosef. But that's another thing. Okay, now we're into the Sefer Tania. The next time we open the Sefer Tania, we may have a spiked introduction. After that, we'll go into the Aramaic. And my Sefer has a direct translation plus annotations that were put on there by the Mosarah of Cook, which are explanatory all the way. I'll start with that because that's the example of Daniel. So I wish you all a very, very good day, right? And a good Shabbos. And a Gemara Chasimatova. A Gemara Thank you, Sadie. Thank you.